truth. The truth. Tell the truth. Football is the most popular sport in America because it is so damn fantastic. And you want to what? End it? You want to fold up the National Football League? Want to solve the problem. Do you have any idea the impact of what you're doing? Yes, I do. Do you understand the impact of what you are doing? If just 10% of the mothers in America decide that football is too dangerous for their sons to play, that is it. It is the end of football. Kids, colleges, and eventually, it's just a matter of time, the professional game. Joe, he does autopsies. He's not in the outcome business. He has no business. You know what history does to people. Trained physicians who ignore science. Oh, wow. Sir, I am not done. History laughs. If you continue to deny my work, the world will deny my work. But men, your men, continue to die. Their families left in ruins. Truth. Tell the truth. Welcome to the main event. Open with that scene from the movie Concussion. Uh, you know, Concussion's about uh, a uh, Nigerian doctor, uh, forensic pathologist, a guy named uh, Dr. Bennett Omalu, who uh, was doing uh, uh, autopsies on on uh, Pittsburgh Steelers football football players that were basically going crazy. And uh, you know, this is this is the movie that got squelched at the Oscars a few years back. If you think you could uh, remember when um, Will Smith was complaining that he didn't get nominated for Best for best Actor, and he absolutely should have because he did an excellent job, and they were making it into a race thing. And, uh, and what happened, what happened in reality was the NFL probably, probably stepped in and said, hey, we don't want to bring any attention to this film because it's going to bring attention to the fact that... Uh, um, this study showed that football is a really dangerous game in it, and you've got guys that are losing their minds. There's a scene in there when he says, 
when he says, "Hey, people go in there knowing that they could break arms and break bones. They don't realize they could lose that they could lose their mind out of this, out of this thing." And if you haven't seen it, it is an excellent movie, and I and I highly recommend it. But the big deal is tell the truth, man. Tell the truth. Let's let everybody know. Let people decide what kind of risks they want to take when they put their kids in in uh, these football programs and realize the 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 impact that that football football helmets crashing into football helmets uh over and over what the impact is on on a kid's brain and an adult's brain and is this sport really worth it but i use that i use that as that hey you know what the nfl just squelched this they kept the kept the uh the information from being widely known and they just they just frosted over it you know what if you're if you're uh if if you've watched your wives or if you uh, have baked a cake and you know it, if you screw up on the cake, if you screw up on the cake and stick your finger in it or or it breaks or something, all you do is frost over it and it's perfect and then you cut it and who cares what it, who cares once it's on your plate? They just frost it over it. And uh, and that song that song I used was Survivor Broken Promises cuz uh I think I think this is what we're watching, broken promises in the world. Uh, lack of truth going on. We can't trust what the uh, what the uh, the news and the media is saying to us. There's a lot of talk that's been going on, a lot of talk that's been going on in the last 24 hours. And of course, I'm recording Friday morning. Last 24 hours about a news article that came out in the New York Times on Thursday morning, talking about what's going on with Hunter Biden's laptop. And uh, and essentially, in October of of 2020. When uh, they they base they were basically promoting that all this stuff about all the stuff that was on uh, Hunter's laptop about what was going on in Bur- with Burisma in Ukraine and what was going on in in China and what was going on in Moscow and all the little things that were going on oh this is Russian disinformation this is Russian disinformation and they just dismissed it and the and the mainstream media was complicit in in covering all that stuff up. You know, you had Tony Bobolinsky, who was part of the partnership uh, on the project in uh, in in China, and where they where they said, "Hey, you know, ten percent to the big guy," and uh, that he was saying he absolutely met with Vice President uh, Biden at the time, and he was absolutely part of this, and he was absolutely complicit in it, and and uh, they just frosted over that. You saw how uh, how uh, um, Chris Wallace mediating the first the first debate between Trump and Biden how uh, Biden uh, how Trump started to bring that up and and Chris Wallace just just interrupted him and stopped it and moved it over to another subject and uh and you know that everyone's protecting Biden now now we hear uh hear the reporters that you know uh um Peter Ducey asking asking uh uh Jen Psaki about well are you still holding that holding that uh position and the first, the first time he asked, he said uh, earlier, earlier maybe a month ago, was well, you know, I still think it's it's widely known that that uh, Russia was trying to influence our election, and they were they were getting involved, and and she really didn't answer the question. And then now they say, well, hey, you know what? It's uh, the Justice Department has it, and Hunter Biden doesn't doesn't work for the United States, and I answer for the United States. And then I saw saw another uh, program. They had Richard Fowler on there, and he and they asked him they asked him about it. You know, they had had uh, one commentator saying, "Hey, this is the kind of stuff 
they cover it up and then we don't know anything. And they, they pretend it's disinformation. But then the New York Times reported on it on Thursday morning and said, hey, this is the information that's coming out. Well, this is the exact same information that came out in 2020 that you guys said was was misinformation. This is Russian disinformation. This is not this is not a this is not truth. This is all just BS. Shouldn't pay attention to that. Make sure that you try you could trust Biden. You know, and then uh, they frost out and then uh, Richard Fowler says, "Well, you know what? There is a federal investigation and uh, and that's that's the reason that when you break laws, there's a federal investigation. This isn't about Hunter Biden. This is what they're forgetting. This is not just about Hunter Biden. There's Joe Biden, who's being implicated in all kinds of conflicts of interest. Extorting money out of the Ukraine. Hey, United States taxpayer money went to Ukraine to help them out. And he's funneling it through Burisma into his son's hands and then the, in, into his uh, son's salary of a million dollars a year. And then we have the, the uh, text messages, the emails that, hey, I have to give half of my salary to Pop. I don't know how many how many people he calls pop. This is the disinformation. Hey, you know they're covering it up. And somehow, which I don't I don't believe that enough people voted for Biden to get him elected. But you know there's still some people out there that just that just didn't like Trump and I like Biden. Well, what do you like about him? I just like him. I just really didn't like that other guy. That other guy, you know, Trump, the guy that was running our country based on what's best for the U.S. I don't know. It just doesn't doesn't make any sense to me. And you have to, and you know, say, well, you know, they're talking about it now and it's being investigated. But remember, this is the president of the United States. This is the guy that doesn't have a have a damn clue how to run our country. Doesn't have, and he doesn't have, and he's got conflicts of interest. He's got conflicts of interest with with Russia. He's got conflicts of interest with China, and he's got conflicts of interest re, with Ukraine. We're going to talk about this in just a little bit. Talk about what's going on in Ukraine, but you know it. And we're going to talk about all the places that this has an effect on everything I'm talking about today. But the truth, we don't see the truth, and that's one of the reasons that that the establishment hated Donald Trump is because he just told the truth. He told us like it was. If he if he felt something, he said it. Whether you liked it or not, and whether he said it in a politically uh, politically correct way, he just said it. Hey, you know what? Mexico's not sending sending people over that that are their best and brightest. They're sending over then criminals and rapists and gang members and and murderers. Which does that mean all of them are? No, just means that that's what's coming over the border. We don't know who's coming over the border. That's why we had to. That's why we had to have to seal it and build the wall. It's amazing to me, just simply amazing to me that how the how the truth just gets just gets covered up. And then remember, then remember, uh, remember in uh, in August of 2012, Harry Reid was in one of his uh, one of his uh, speeches as the head of the Senate. Uh, made this little comment. Let him prove that he has paid taxes because he hasn't. In regards to to Mitt Romney, inferring that Mitt Romney hasn't paid taxes. Hey, you know what? He's not showing us his taxes and and, uh, let him prove that he paid them. But I don't even think that, that Mitt Romney even held back his taxes, so I don't even know where that came from. But it got on TV 
And Mitt Romney didn't get elected. And of course, that's that was Mitt Romney's to lose because he couldn't figure out what the truth when somebody uh, somebody filmed him saying that, hey, 47 percent of this country doesn't pay taxes. And I'm not they're probably not going to they, they don't pay taxes and they they take from the government as opposed to to uh, to giving. They take from our country and our taxpayers as opposed to to giving anything. And we're probably not going to get their votes. And instead of instead of saying, hey, this is the reason I said that. Because it's true, he went and apologized and 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 sucked up. Well, you know, I maybe shouldn't have said it that way, and maybe this, and maybe that. Hey, it was the truth. Trump would have said, "Hey, it's the truth." You know, if you're if you're taken from the government, you're not going to like like uh, voting for me because I'm going to say, "Hey, here's here's what you want. If you want if you want to uh, if you're able to work, you work. If you work and make money, you pay a portion of it to taxes. Everybody pays a little. Nobody has to pay." Pay a lot. I mean, if you make a make a gazillion dollars, you're gonna pay you're gonna pay a lot, but it's all relative to how much you make. Trump would have Trump would have been the uh, would have told the truth. So a few years after the election, as he's uh, as he's retiring, he made this comment when they asked about that that comment he made. So no regrets about Mitt Romney about the Koch brothers. Some people have even called called it McCarthyite. Well. And call it whatever they want. Um, Romney didn't win, did he? Yep, and it's all justified by the, the ends justify the means. We lie, and then we people, then good people don't get elected, or or bad people do get elected, and then we just say, well, you know, I said it, it was a lie, it was BS. I'm never going to be held accountable for it. But hey, we. We got Barack Obama in there for a second term after we knew who he was, and he shouldn't have been in there. Anyway, I go on all day about that one little subject. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about what's going on. But before I do, let me introduce myself really quick. Before before uh, for anybody who hasn't that doesn't know who I am, my name is Ed Hoffman. I'm branch manager of Planet Home Lending. If you're interested in getting any involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate, you need financing. Call me toll free at eight five five six four zero twenty twenty. That's eight five five. 640-2020. One last time, day or night, toll free, area code 855-640-2020. If you want to get information on financing, purchasing, refinancing, reverse mortgages uh, in this state or any other state, uh, but you don't want to talk to me on the phone, go to edhoffman.net, click on the Planet Home Lending logo. That'll take you to my lending page. And uh, put in as much information as you want me to have. Tell me how much information you want back. You'll hear back from myself or one of my talented teammates. If you want to hear anything on the show uh, uh, repeated, stay on edhoffman.net. Click on the podcast page. You can hear this show as well as several past shows, and you can listen to it on demand. You can also get the uh, podcast on SoundCloud or iTunes slash Apple Podcast, that little uh, purple thing on your uh on your iPhone, and you can uh, subscribe for free and have it actually download once a week. So we uh, record on Friday, and then it uploads Friday afternoon, and sometime thereafter, it downloads to your uh, to your your phone or your computer, whatever you uh, listen to uh, podcasts on, and you can listen to it on demand. So if the radio uh, the radio schedule doesn't meet your schedule, uh, if you want to hear it, there's lots of ways to hear it. Um, last thing, uh, if you have comments on the show, send me an email. Ed at edhoffman.net and uh, give me your comments and I read them all and uh, sometimes I comment on the radio, sometimes I'll respond. Uh, so anyway, let's go on to what's going on this uh, this uh, week 
and uh, all the all the idiocy and uh, and dishonesty and lack of truth in it. So uh, facing another self-imposed deadline uh, deadline to fund the government, Congress passed the first omnibus spending bill of the Biden presidency this week. Um, the 1.5 trillion bill was pushed through the House in the dead of night last Wednesday. Uh, received a swift approval from Senate last Friday and got Biden's signature this Tuesday. Um, here's Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene on how the Democrats got the ball rolling on the bill in the dead of night uh, in a week where Americans were already distracted by the war in Ukraine. This is a $1.5 trillion omnibus bill that none of us got to see anything in the bill until this morning when we found out that the Rules Committee, which is a Democrat-controlled committee, and they they put out their um, basically their alert on their website. They did not email any of us. They put it on their website after midnight. They put it on their website that the Rules Committee would be meeting at 1.30 a.m. Now, normally, in how Congress should work, but it doesn't work this way since Pelosi has been Speaker, is an appropriations bill is something that every member of Congress can go. They, we can put amendments in. We can debate on the bill. So they met in the middle of the night. And by 2.30 a.m., 2.30 a.m., early this morning, they had passed the $1.5 trillion omnibus bill, and they released the bill text. $1.5 trillion spending bill that's supposed to keep the government, uh, the lights on. But no, we weren't able to do that because the Democrats snuck it through. Yeah, that's uh, that's just not how you do things legitimately. And uh, you do things in the middle of the night, don't announce it till anybody's there, and just tell the Democrats, hey, come here at 1.30. We're gonna have a vote. It's all BS. You know this is not this is not honest government. So officially, the twenty seven hundred bill is supposed to fund the government through September, and it includes thirteen point six billion in aid for Ukraine, plus twenty three billion for the border, divided between ICE and the and the Border Patrol. But as usual, it includes tons of pork that has nothing to do with keeping the lights on. In fact, the list of all the earmarks is three hundred and sixty seven pages. Just of that, so uh, 367 pages, just listing the 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 earmarks of uh, of all these little pork pork uh, projects. They include the same items we see every year, like four billion for rural development programs, like the giving everyone broadband internet programs we hear about in every spending bill. How much does broadband cost? You put it in one time, and then the the broadband provider just keeps. Updating it. Why do we have to keep spending that? Someone is just allocating this and the money goes somewhere. We don't know where. $24.6 billion for a student federal aid program so college can continue to be expensive. You know what? If financing is available, the price will just keep going up and up and up and up and up. Uh, but what stands out most is how much we'll be paying with our tax dollars for a ubiquitous liberal cause of equity. Here are four examples. Um, number one, equity for the energy grid in Massachusetts, 995,000 for Massachusetts senators, Elizabeth Warren and Ed Markey to fund grid resilience and equity and energy transition research at the university of Massachusetts. Equity equals redistributing tax dollars to fix some perceived racist inequality in the energy system. Hmm. You know what? If, 
if you're if you're white, you stick in the the plug and electricity goes to your appliances. And if you're black, you stick in the plug and energy goes to your appliances. I don't know what the what the difference in equality there is. Uh, number two, a Delaware Diversity, Inclusion, and Social Equity Center. Seven hundred fifty thousand for Delaware Senators Chris Coons and Tom Carper to fund a center for diversity, inclusion, and social equity. The center will host workshops on topics such as ethnicities, gender identity and genetics, public safety and social justice, and social determinants of health. What the hell does that mean? Social determinants of health. You know what? Think about this. If you're paying taxes, if you're paying taxes, I pay a lot of money in taxes. And, you know, and it... And and I pay it every year, and um, and it and it angers me. That, you know, I don't have a problem with them paying for the military. I don't have them pay, paying for cops, paying for schools if they're teaching right. But it it bothers me when we're allowing these pe- these five hundred thirty five people in Congress and uh, the Senate to just siphon it off and stick it into their own pockets. And this is how they do it. Here's one: more equitable swimming pools in New York. 496000 for New York Congressman Jamal Bowman to fund health equity for pool improvements at one YMC location in his home district of Yonkers. Bowman's website does not say why a single swimming pool needs almost a half a million dollars to be more equitable. He simply justifies this spending bill by saying, this project is essential for minimizing disparities in access to swimming lessons and aerobics promote and promoting health equity. 496000 for one swimming pool. I put an expensive swimming pool in my backyard at $65,000. Uh, my friend who was part of, who actually part built it and built one that looks like uh, the Mirage in his backyard, he spent 200000 and it's, it's gigantic. It's probably bigger than you'd have in any one YMCA. What do you do with $496,000? Somebody's sticking it in their pocket. Number four, an equitable shelf. I have to. I have to go through this easy and make sure I'm reading it right. Equitable shellfish aquaculture in Rhode Island. One point six million for Rhode Island Senators Sheldon Whitehouse and Jack Reed to fund the development of equitable growth of shellfish aquaculture in Rhode Island at Roger Williams University. It's unclear why shellfish aquaculture in Rhode Island needs to be more equitable, but it's interesting that the amount provided in the final omnibus is actually four times the amount originally sponsored by White House of $371,000. I think they probably said, hey, I need $371,000 for this this project. And then someone who's uh, putting the bill together says, let's let's just pump that price up you know 371,000 is a small compared to our whole budget so let's let's make sure we put in a, put in some extra there so we can siphon it off and help our help our other friends that that aren't being uh, taken care of on one of these projects and we'll just siphon it over and we'll stick it into our pockets somehow we'll pay some more uh, unneeded employees for our offices and we'll just siphon it off and we'll make sure that we have extra money to to serve us when we decide to take a bunch of Congress people over to somewhere in Europe on a on a vacation. I mean a uh, on a on a uh, humanity humanities trip. So it's a, it's just amazing to me. So it's amazing to me that hey, you know what? This is where our money goes. This is where the money. 
I look at my, I look at, hey, here's what I earn. Here's what I earn this pay period. And here's what I get half. So when I look at that and I go, hmm, okay, well, that's what it costs. I'm paying, I'm paying my share. I'm paying my share and some goes to the state, some goes to the, the federal government. And I just go, okay, well, here's, here's my share. And that's how we pay, pay for, for being free. This is not paying to be free. This is paying for these people that got elected through, uh, through cheating, get to stick money in their pockets. So anyway, we'll talk more. We'll talk more about that as uh, more information comes out. But uh, I'm all out of time for part one. So stay tuned for five minutes of traffic, weather, sports, and commercials. And we're going to be back, and now we're going to talk about what's going on in the world. to the main event my name is ed hoffman branch manager planet home lending if you're interested in getting involved in any of the fantastic opportunities that are real estate if you're uh you know i don't talk a lot about real estate and finance on the radio because uh it'll bore you to death if uh if you've already if you've already finished yours or if you're if you don't really think you're uh, ready for that um but if you are if you are in the market would like to hear more Call me toll-free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or go to the uh, my website, edhoffman.net. Click on the Planet Home Lending logo and uh, fill out the, the lending page stuff. And I will, uh, I will get back to you with as much information as you want. Whether that's to uh, buy a piece of property you'd like to own, refinance a piece of property you already own, Pull out some cash to do some investing um, or get involved in one of those fantastic financing tools, the reverse mortgage. If you're over 62 or if you're, uh, your spouse is over 62, you want to hear the truth about it, uh, just give me, a, give me a holler and we'll give you, uh, give you all the straight information. If you're interested in getting involved in out-of-California out properties, uh, we're licensed in about 26 states. Um, so just assume wherever you're going that we are. Call me. I'll tell you if we're not. And uh, some of some of the ones that we're not licensed in yet are already in the works. So uh, next week I could add I could add more to my list. So anyway, uh, before the break, we were talking about the omnibus spending spending bill. I wanted to kind of start out with something besides uh, Ukraine and uh, COVID and all the stuff that we've been that we talk about every week. But there's some. This is a moving. This is a this is a uh, evolving evolving war and evolving crisis. So we have to talk about it. So uh, one of the Democrats' uh, favorite mantras is never let a crisis go to waste. And now they're putting it into action by leveraging Vladimir Putin's war for their benefit. How are they doing this? By finding a way to disconnect America's economic woes from Biden's endless streams of COVID release and connect it with Putin's war instead. So, hey, this wasn't anything that we did, spending money and using this COVID BS to... Uh, to uh, extort money out of the out of the uh tax fund this is all putin's fault never mind that we had inflation and sky high prices before the invasion so last weekend a retreat called the house democratic caucus issues conference 
took place in Philadelphia, a place a place where uh, Democrats uh, are are grown, and uh, my sister lives, and uh, and I think I've mentioned this. I texted her two or three weeks ago and said, "Are you ready to admit that Biden was a mistake?" And she said, "No. Why?" I just said, "Never mind." Some people, some people, no matter what happens, just can't be swayed. Well, what do you want to have? Trump running the country? Yes. So uh, this this conference took place in Philadelphia, and the president showed up to tell tell Democrats what their message needs to be. Make no mistake, the current spike in gas prices is largely the fault of Vladimir Putin. It has nothing to do with the American Rescue Plan. I'm sick of this stuff. We have to talk about it because the American people think the reason for inflation is government spending more money. Simply not true. Well, the American people don't think it's think it's all government spending money, but it's government making policies that don't make any sense, like cutting off our energy production, and that our energy production affects us in every single every single area of our lives because everything gets moved on uh, with uh, energy. You know what those big trucks that pull up that you see pull up? They say food for less on them, or they say Ralphs, or they say they say uh, Vons or uh, Stater Brothers. Those things uh, that brings all the groceries to the grocery store. So there's groceries at the uh, on the shelves when you go into to shop, and those trucks that pull up to the back of the mall and uh, load things in to fill up those stores, and those trucks that uh, that fill just about everything and transporting all the goods that that get sold everywhere. They all run on gas. So when the price of gas goes up, even if you're not even if you're driving an electric car, the the trains that pull that haul those things from the Tesla factory or the General Motors or Ford to the dealerships all across the country, those trains run on run on uh on oil, oil products. And so do the trucks that haul them. You know, they see these trucks, trucks full of uh, brand new cars on there. I don't see them using electric trucks to haul those. And you know, it's say, hey, we're not taxing people that make less than four hundred thousand. The taxes aren't going up. What do you think it is for people that that uh, that have to fill up their tanks every week to get to to get to work? That's a tax. It's just so much BS. Surprise, surprise. Nancy Pelosi had a similar message but took it one step further by saying government spending actually reduces the debt. When we're having this discussion, it's important to dispel some of those who say, well, it's the government spending. No, it isn't. The government spending is doing the exact reverse, reducing the national debt. It is not inflationary. Yeah, didn't you, don't, don't you wish you could do that on your with your family budget? If you're, if you're in debt, all you do is spend more money, and that reduces the debt. What kind of what kind of sense does that make? And you know what? If you've got college kids, or if you uh, or if your kids have college kids, or if you're or if you live next door to some college kids, or if you work some with some college kids, they buy this BS. Well, couldn't we just stop doing this stuff? Couldn't we just stop getting using oil and just everybody go to electric cars? No. You don't realize how how big. How big how 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 big that impact would be to the country? We just can't do it. It's going to take forty or fifty years till the transition can be made, and we're still going to be using it. We're still still never going to be off of it. 
And then the biggest deal is, why do we want to get off that? Oh, to save the world. But we're the only country in the world that's doing anything about it. So even if even if we had an effect, no, we're just one little piece of the world. Everybody else is polluting. And as the earth turns, the air just mixes together. And fresh off of her successful trip to Poland, the vice president told Democrats that they need to remind their constituents they got what they voted for. Our task is to show people that in many ways they got what they ordered, right? They said this is what they wanted. They stood in line. They took time from work. It was difficult. And a lot of what they demanded, they got. And so let's get out there as we do and remind them of that. Yeah, they got they went out there and they decided they were told that hey, we want a we want a uh, president that doesn't know what he's doing, that can't really think for himself, that doesn't have any cognitive ability, and he has a conflict of interest with Ukraine and China and Moscow and who knows who else, and he uh, and he and he extorts money, our tax money by uh, making sure that we take care of other countries like Ukraine and then makes sure that Ukraine uh, filters filters a bunch of that money back to his son so he splits it with him. We didn't tell them that. We didn't tell them. They just said, hey, Trump bad, Biden good. That's all they knew. For even, for even the, the poor misguided idiots that voted for Biden. And then we then we covered up the election by saying, hey, you have to be all mail-in. You have to wear your mask and you have to be all mail-in because it's not safe to go to vote. And then we covered up the, the poll watchers. Poll watchers can't see. We made, them, we made them stand so far back that they couldn't see what was actually being done. They didn't track the, the envelopes, all those mail-in votes, so we could see if they were legit. And then we let uh, Mark Zuckerberg... Uh, fund all these uh, all the poll poll uh, workers and put up uh, collection boxes where where uh, votes could be dumped and uh, oh wow that's so nice of Facebook to do that that we don't have to do it as a government you know what that would be considered in the mortgage business as a conflict of interest that would be a violation because somebody's not somebody some, there's a limit to who can who can uh, who can uh, who can donate into a transaction, who can uh, contribute to a, to a transaction because it's conflict of interest. But in the voting, in the voting laws, we don't, we don't do that kind of stuff. Meanwhile, the white house invited 30, 30 TikTok, TikTok stars, TikTok stars. And I had to say, what are TikTok stars? What's a star of TikTok? And those are apparently influencers. The people that have tons and tons, they put so many videos out there. They have millions of followers. So when they put out a video, people watch it. So they invited 30 of them to uh, learn more about the Russian war in Ukraine so they could spread it, spread the info on the platform. Well, hey, let's get some other people to talk about this so we could help, help spread the misinformation. One of them is 18-year-old Ellie Zeiler. Asked a question about... She asked a question about inflation and gas prices. Here's her video about, about their answer. Why is gas so expensive and why is the United States inflation rate at a four-time decade high? I had the opportunity to ask the White House why gas down the street is $7 and here's what they said. The obvious reason we're getting out of a two-year pandemic when use goes up, price goes up. But the call was predominantly about Ukraine and Russia, so how does that relate? 
Russia is one of the top three producers of oil and it is actually their number one revenue source. Now, with Putin starting this horrific fight between Ukraine and Russia, nobody wants to work with him and do an international trade. So with people being scared of war and limited resources, prices are bound to go up as well. For the people who can't pay $7 for a gallon of gas, there's an app called Gas Buddy that shows you the cheapest gas near you. Wow, that's good That's good information that we couldn't have heard from Jen Psaki spewing at the uh, at the press conference. Same, same stuff, and now they got an 18-year-old to say it. Hey, this is the answer I got. It's the same answer that Peter Ducey gets and everybody else gets when they... When they ask dumb questions like, uh, you know, why is uh, why is spending money uh, the answer to reducing debt? I don't know. This just doesn't seem to make sense. But let's send an 18-year-old in there so she can pass off the information to other 18-year-olds and they'll buy it. And you say, well, don't worry about 18-year-olds. They, you know, they'll they'll grow up. Yeah, but they get but the other 18-year-olds get to vote. It's disgusting. So it's disgusting the the way they're uh, they're and it's not a question of let's fix the problems, it's a question of let's spin the, let's spin the information so we to make sure that when it's time to vote this year that we can get some people to come in here, to come in here and actually actually buy our BS. So anyway, uh, let's talk about Zelensky's plea. And in, in week one, in week one of uh, of the war, Ukrainian President Zelensky made his plea for membership to the to the EU. Week number two, he asked for more help from the UK Parliament. And in week three, as the Russian troops were holding people hostage in hospitals, blowing up theaters full of starving children, and cutting off major cities from escape routes out of Ukraine, President Zelensky appeared before the United States Congress. Just as the EU and the UK Parliament did, our government received the Ukrainian president with incredible fanfare. Here's Nancy Pelosi. Mr. President, it is my honor to present to you the Congress of the United States, which has great respect and admiration and appreciation for your courageous leadership. Members of Congress, I have the high privilege and distinct honor of presenting to you the President of Ukraine, Vladimir Zelensky. Slava Ukraina! Slava Ukraina! Yeah. Domo arigato, Mr. Rabato. Uh, Pelosi might have wasted time, but Zelensky wasted no time to make his pleas in an 18-minute speech. It started with the request for a no-fly zone and powerful aircraft support, like the Polish MiGs that we refused to help with last week. Americans, friends, I'm proud to greet you from Ukraine, from our capital city of Kiev, a city that is under missile and airstrike from Russian troops. Every day, Russia has turned the Ukrainian sky into a source of death for thousands of people. Russian troops have already fired nearly 1,000 missiles at Ukraine, countless bombs. They use drones to kill us with precision. This is a terror that Europe has not seen, has not seen for 80 years, and we are asking for a reply, for an answer. Uh, to this uh, terror from the whole world. Is this a lot to ask for? To create a no-fly zone zone over Ukraine to save people. Is this too much to ask? Humanitarian no-fly zone. If this is too much to ask, we offer an alternative. You know 
know what kind of defense systems we need as 300 and other similar systems. You know how much depends on the battlefield, on the ability to use aircraft, powerful, strong air uh, aviation to protect our people, our freedom, our land. And you know that they exist and you have them, but they are on earth, not in Ukraine, in the Ukrainian sky. They do not defend our people. I have a dream. These words are known to each of you today. I can say I have a need. I need to protect uh, our sky. I need your decision, your help, which means exactly the same, the same you feel when you hear the words, I have a dream. Yeah, and of course, we've we've done nothing. And of course, uh, I'm going to play you the clip with uh, Biden saying we've, we're doing something. Uh, of course, Ukraine's almost almost destroyed already. Next, Zelensky asked for the U.S. to escalate sanctions, starting with Russian officials who have not yet resigned or cut ties with Putin. He also called on American companies to stop doing business with Russia. Ukraine is grateful to the United States for its overwhelming support for everything that your government and your people have done for us, for weapons and ammunition, for training, for finances, for leadership in the free world, which helps us to pressure the aggressor economically. I'm grateful to President Biden for his personal involvement, for his sincere commitment to the defense of Ukraine and democracy all over the world. However, now, it is true, in the darkest time for our country, for the whole Europe, I call on you to do more. New packages of sanctions are needed constantly, every week, until the Russian military machine stops. Restrictions are needed for everyone on whom this unjust regime is based. We propose that the United States sanctions all politicians in the Russian Federation who remain in their offices and do not cut ties with those who are responsible for the aggression against Ukraine. How to break the state terror. All Americans' company must leave Russia from their market, leave their market immediately because it is flooded with our blood. Ladies and gentlemen, members of Congress, please take the lead. If you have companies in your districts who um, finance the Russian military machine leaving business in Russia, you should put pressure. I'm asking to make sure that the Russians do not receive a single penny that they use to destroy people in Ukraine. Wait, didn't Biden put a sanction on saying you can't do business with Russia about two weeks ago? Apparently that's not happening. I don't know why, because Biden is such an effective leader. Zelensky also took shots at NATO and the EU without naming them outright. Proposed that the U.S. help him create a new international body called U-24. In theory, an alliance that would deliver everything a nation under siege needs to defend itself within 24 hours of attack. He then showed a heartbreaking video of the devastation in his country and ended his speech by speaking in English directly to Joe Biden. The war of the past have prompted our predecessors to create institutions 
that should protect us from war, but they unfortunately don't work. We see it, you see it, so we need new ones, new institutions, new alliances, and we offer them. We propose to create an association, you 24, United for Peace, a union of responsible countries that have the strength and cons consciousness to stop conflicts immediately, provide all the necessary assistance in 24 hours, if necessary, even weapons, if necessary, sanctions, humanitarian support, political support, finances, everything you need to keep the peace and quickly. I'm addressing the President Biden. I wish you to be the leader of the world. Being the leader of the world, being the leader of the world means to be the leader of peace. Yeah, I think uh, I think Biden should be the leader of the world, but he doesn't know how to lead the world. He's uh, he knows how to lead the lead the. He needs to know how to lead the line of uh, getting ice cream cones. You know, hey, I want to be first. I want chocolate chip. Uh, so Biden was expected to deliver a response within a few hours of Zelensky's speech. Um, at 1 p.m. Eastern, uh, he gave an eight-minute address that announced $800 million in new, new military aid, anti-aircraft systems, armored systems, arms, ammunition, grenades, and drones, but no MiG fighters and not a mention of a no-fly zone. Uh, Biden also took a defensive tone by reminding Americans we started sending Ukraine aid last year. I want to begin by thanking President Zelensky for his passionate message this morning. The American people are answering President Zelensky's call for more help, more weapons for Ukraine to defend itself, more tools to fight Russian aggression. And that's what we're doing. In fact, we started our assistance to Ukraine before this war began, as they started to do exercises along the Ukrainian border to the Russians, starting in March of last year. We sent Ukraine more security assistance last year, $650 million in weapons, including anti-air and anti-armor equipment, before the invasion. More than we had ever provided before. So when the invasion began, they already had in their hands the kinds of weapons they needed to counter Russian advances. And once the war started, we immediately rushed $350 million in additional aid to further address their needs. Hundreds of anti-air systems, thousands of anti-tank weapons, transport helicopters, armed patrol boats, and other high-mobility vehicles, radar systems that help track incoming artillery and unmanned drones, secure communications equipment and tactical gear, satellite imagery and, 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 and analysis capacity. And it's clearly helped Ukraine inflict dramatic losses on Russian forces. On Saturday, my administration authorized another $200 million to keep a steady flow of weapons and ammunition moving to Ukraine. Now I'm once again using my presidential authority to activate, uh, to activate an additional security assistance to continue to help Ukraine fend off Russia's assault. An additional $800 million in assistance. That brings the total of new U.S. security assistance to Ukraine to $1 billion just this week. These are the large, these are direct transfers of equipment from our Department of Defense to the Ukrainian military to help them as they fight against this invasion. And I thank the Congress for appropriating these funds. You know, I hear a lot of people talking about the, uh, the no fly zone and how we don't really want to get that involved and we don't want to do this one to do that. Hey, we got to do something. 
either give them the equipment that they need to be able to defend themselves or go in there and defend them. You can't, we can't just watch this happen and watch these people dying and do nothing. And of course, Biden saying, oh, well, hey, this is what we're doing. Yeah, but half the, half the uh, country is destroyed already. You know, thousands of people, they say, hey, you know, the, the military guys I talked about last week say, the numbers they're giving you for the casualties are nowhere near what is really happening. So we all, and we also know that Biden is not above extorting you, extorting from Ukraine. Remember this little antidote he got when he was, uh, when he was the vice president. And uh, so I got Ukraine, and uh, and I went over, I guess the twelfth, thirteenth time to Kiev, and uh, and I was going supposed to announce that there was another billion dollar loan guarantee. And I had gotten a commitment from Poroshenko and from uh, Yatsenyuk that they would take action against the state prosecutor, and they didn't. So they said they had. They were walking out to press conference. Said, "No, nah, I said I'm not going to. We're not going to give you the billion dollars." They said, "You have no authority. You're not the president." The president said, "I said call him." <laughs> I said, "I'm telling you, you're not getting the billion dollars." I said, you're not getting the billion. I'm going to be leaving here. And I think it was, what, six hours? I looked, I said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor's not fired, you're not getting the money. Oh, son of a <laughs> got fired. And will Biden ever give Zelensky what he actually asked for? Here's Republican John Barrasso, who sits on the Senate Foreign Relations Committee. Remember Winston Churchill, who said, give us the tools, we will finish the job. Zelensky knows what he's asking for. He needs the MiGs. All the way through this whole process, President Biden has been either had to be pushed or prodded or pulled across the line. Even this package today that he just signed, uh, what, $800 million added to $200 million from last week, the Congress passed $13.6 billion in aid last week. He's coming up with $1 billion, with 7% of the money. We need to do more. We need it now. The president's talking the days or the weeks ahead. I know he's going to Europe next week. We need the action now. These people are being slaughtered. They need help today. Zelensky needs the planes. We ought to give it to them. Putin says, well, you do this, you do that, it's going to be an act of war. He said that with sanctions. He said that with javelins. He said that with stingers. One thing after another, we need to give them the planes. Yes, we do. We need to We need to protect the people that can't fight for themselves. And we need to, whether, we, whether we're not going to get in the fight, we at least need to support them so they can't, instead of just giving lip service, saying, hey, we stand with the Ukrainian people. We're watching them die from uh, live, live uh, cameras. Anyway, I'm, I'm all out of time for this episode of the main event. So uh, thanks for listening. My name's Ed Hoffman, and I'll be back again with you next week. <laughs>